The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Ted Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase item of the week Head on over to BubbleGenius.com And pick up their I Love You Guys powder for your <clears throat> Nards It's a zingy cooling talc powder With tea tree oil and Japanese peppermint oil Which is a little more mentholated feeling Than regular peppermint And also a dash of zinc oxide for extra absorbency Guys everywhere seem to love it Only $10 at BubbleGenius.com But if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, That's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z You'll get 15% off your entire order Only at BubbleGenius.com And now let the cartoons begin Recorded live in the USA And covering the whole wide world this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. I live in the American Gardens building on West 81st Street, on the 11th floor. My name is Patrick Bateman. I'm 27 years old. I believe in taking care of myself, in a balanced diet, and a rigorous exercise routine. In the morning, if my face is a little puffy... I'll put on an ice pack while doing my stomach crunches. I can do a thousand now. After I remove the ice pack, I use a deep pore cleanser lotion. In the shower, I use a water-activated gel cleanser. Then a honey almond body scrub. And on the face, an exfoliating gel scrub. Then I apply an herb mint facial mask, which I leave on for 10 minutes while I prepare the rest of my routine. I always use an aftershave lotion with little or no alcohol because alcohol dries your face out and makes you look older. Then moisturizer, then an anti-aging eye balm followed by a final moisturizing protective lotion. There is an idea of a Patrick Bateman, some kind of abstraction, but there is no real me, only an entity, something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable, I simply am not there. We're having fun cause we're number one, and the part that makes us smile is making friends all around the world, singing up and down the dial. Give me for my bunghole. Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Thursday, July 21, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob Seska, that's Chez Pazienza sitting right there. Hey there. Hi. Brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get free legal advice. And who doesn't need that? Especially since Donald Trump is suing everybody. Head on over to TheBowenLawGroup.com slash Bob and Chez or click the link in the podcast page. Especially, especially if you're getting sued by Donald Trump. Okay, we got a massive show here today. It's the uh, RNC. I guess we've had day one, day two, day three... And yeah, it ain't getting any better for them. Just yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think you can sum it all up with this one. You know, the uh, presidential historian Michael Beschloss. 
uh, tweeted out last night. It was right after the Ted Cruz speech, and I think maybe right before the Newt Gingrich speech. Michael Beschloss mm-hmm. writes, never seen anything quite like this. <laughs> and this guy knows every, yeah. every presidential convention through the history of the United States. He's yeah, never seen I'll anything. You, I'll give you a little, a little preview okay. of... Uh, this is what's coming out, and I'm teasing myself. This is what's coming out in Banter Magazine today, the piece okay. that I wrote. Yeah. <clears throat> this is how it starts. I write for a living. I like to think this makes me pretty good with words. It's rare that I can't make materialize on the top, on, on the digital page, the thoughts that are in my head, and rarer still that I'm left completely at a loss for a worthwhile and fitting description of a situation or event. And yet, try as I might, I can't even begin to figure out how to properly describe the gruesome, surreal, endlessly batshit crazy spectacle that's unfolded in Cleveland over the past three days. The best single word I can come up with has maybe been overused in nerd criticism, but I'm not sure it's ever been attached to a political convention. Lovecraftian. The Republican National Convention is utterly Lovecraftian. It's the the sort of thing that's so perverse and terrifying in every conceivable way that it's actually hypnotic, slowly drawing you in and lulling you into a trance as it begins to spin your brain on its axis, scrambling your thoughts, and ultimately driving you to chaos and madness. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to read that. Yeah, and it's exactly spot on. It's yeah, I've, uh, I've never seen anything. I've never seen anything like it. I have a guy that I work with yeah. who every morning we like, you know, we show up, we just go to each other's desk, and it's like, did, did you did you see that? And it's like grabbing your, it's like it's like putting our our hands on our ears to make sure that our brains aren't running out of them. Exactly. I mean, it's no better illustrated by uh, than by uh, Rudy Giuliani's speech the other night. But I mean, just speech after speech. I remember, I I saw the clip of, of Giuliani speak. I didn't actually see the speech, but when he shouts out "America" with those gnarled yellow teeth, America! It's frightening. Yeah, the thing that's terrifying. Super, the thing that Super Deluxe did that video was just brilliant. <laughs> where they re-edited it and to yeah. just make it as right. again to make it as Lovecraftian and crazy as possible. Yep, and and since we did the show on Tuesday, we've had the uh, we've had Uday and Kuse speak. Yeah, uh, we've had the, we've had the uh, the Chris Christie mock fascist show trial. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, the Chris Christie uh, Banana Republic mock trial, the kangaroo court that Chris Christie held. Yep. That was, I mean, to me, that was the high watermark of of scary at the thing when they are just chanting "lock her up, lock her up." Yeah, I mean, this is. <sighs> you, you know what? Though I'll tell you something, man. Not not to get off on a down note, but the, yeah. but the basis of my piece that mm-hmm. that I wrote, what it eventually gets around to is, it doesn't. Be, be careful. Yeah. Be careful. Don't yeah. get happy. Yeah. Because while we all see this as, for the for the just the just relentless lunacy that it is mm-hmm. there are people out there who don't yeah and and at a time in our nation's history when i say when i say that i mean basically the year 2016 oh. where people are terrified where there's you know they're they're they've been made afraid of violence in the streets and mm-hmm. violence overseas right. they will turn to the authoritarian idiot who yep. promises them them that he'll keep them safe yeah but the, i mean the irony there is that hillary clinton would be the far more stable far. president in a time like this i mean that's By what far. i wrote about for the banter magazine it was just like you've got it's got to be i mean without a doubt it has to be hillary clinton with everything horrible that's going on we need that 
that voice, that sense of stability in the White House. We just don't know get some crazy clown-haired uh, troll occupying the White House during this because he would only pander to the madness. That's what he would do. He would make his bones as president by pandering to all the chaos, which he's already been doing. Well, that's and again, that's the conclusion of my piece is that is that the thing that the Republicans are missing out on is that yep. they think that they're the antidote to this. And the right. problem, they're, they're they're not part of the solution. They're part of the problem. Yeah. They oh. are part of the problem of the chaos of 2016. That's exactly right. That's exactly because they've been fomenting a lot of it. Sure. And, and last night, I think, was... Uh, was just so beautiful. I mean, if there was one moment in this convention so far in which I actually felt good watching the proceedings, it was watching, I got to say, Ted Cruz last night. Watching Ted Cruz get humiliated by Donald Trump. Yes. One final time. But it was, I was actually rooting for Ted Cruz. So was I. That speaks volumes. <laughs> Weirdly, yes. I mean, I even tweeted out. I said, this guy decides to run a third-party uh, independent campaign for president. I'm right there. I'm donating my limit to Ted Cruz. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it because I find everything that he says loathsome. I find his personality loathsome. I find his style of politics loathsome. But last night, in that moment, it was astonishing. He ref- Ted Cruz refused to endorse Donald Trump. Yeah. It's amazing. It's again, it's just it's a it is a drip, drip, drip of just astonishing moments. And that was that was one of the best. Here's uh, here's Ted Cruz last night. If you love our country and love your children as much as I know that you do, stand and speak and vote your conscience, vote for candidates up and down the ticket who you trust to defend our freedom and to be faithful to the Constitution. Those are the booze, and what you're not getting here is the fact that at that very moment, Donald Trump walks in to the auditorium. Of course he does. And he's given his little tiny dinky thumbs up thing, and he's, you know, taking the spot. I think he did it just to intimidate. Oh, he did. It's the the one last f*** you to Cruz. Yeah, very much so. And Ted Cruz just taking it with a big grin on his face. He knows exactly what he's doing. Ted Cruz setting himself up to be the nominee in 2020. That's exactly what he's doing. I mean, he's not, I mean, I was joking about running as a third party candidate. I, I mean, I think that would be great if he did, but he's not going to do it because I think he wants to run in 2020. Uh, let's continue with this sound. I mean, just mayhem broke out on the floor uh, last night at the RNC. <laughs> the case we have to make to the American people, the case each person in this room has to make to the American people is to commit to each of them that we will... Listen, de- I mean, this is the mayhem going on I in know. the background. You, I mean, yes, was- the braying, the braying hyenas. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and you know what, by the way, have you noticed uh, have, you, have you noticed the number of people at this convention who've been booed? Oh, yeah, Mitch McConnell absolutely. got booed. Mitch Paul McConnell Ryan got booed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because every, there's... There's just this uh, just sense of rage out there. It's a, it's, it's a, bloodlust. It's political road rage is going on out there. And they don't care who it is. If, if you're not in line with Donald Trump, if you're not in line with their form of rage, then you're going to get booed. If you're this looking is, for a pragmatic is, way forward, if you're looking for even a, I mean, in the case of Ted Cruz, if you're looking for a, a conservative way forward, you're, you're out of the loop. You're I not going to be part of the go- cool kids. I hate to go full Godwin here, but I mean, all that's missing from this are the Albert Speer banners. Yeah, oh, you know, uh, seriously, know. because know. because that's what this is. This yeah. is this is essentially you know, this is essentially 
you know, pre-Nazi Germany, the oh, beginning yeah. of Nazi Germany. This yeah. is what it this is what it looked and sounded like. Oh, and you know what I you know for my Banter magazine article, I pegged off of this uh video I saw yesterday of Alex Jones uh, outside the Cleveland Auditorium where the uh, RNC is taking place, and he deliberately went over and tried to incite some anti-Trump protesters. So he did this whole march over as he's talking about he's got a bullhorn and he's screeching about the uh, the communists and the globalists. He's communists and globalists. Take it, we're going to work with Black Lives Matter and they're going to institute martial law. And he's chanting this into his... Uh, is bullhorn and then he goes over and they start uh, the the anti-trump people start accosting alex jones's people and they're shouting nazi scum nazi scum nazi scum they're chanting that and then there's a scuffle and evidently alex jones gets punched and Good. and smacked then i think he uh counterattacks them by shoving a bunch of them I mean, it was wow. it was the most insane thing in the world, and of course, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. None of those protests outside the auditorium mean a goddamn thing to anything. Uh, but it's just it's representative of this this sense of chaos that surrounds the Republican Party right now, and and perfectly exemplified by the moment in which Ted Cruz refused to endorse Donald Trump and then gets uh, resoundingly booed. I mean, for God's sake, they Heidi Cruz had to be escorted out of the building for her own safety. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Another yeah, delegate. They were, they were shouting. They were shouting Goldman Sachs at her. <laughs> Which is the Jesus. oddest thing when you consider that it's the Republican Party. Yes, and their nominee is a multi-billionaire who's made his money in the stock market and investing in uh, uh, buildings and real estate in Manhattan and elsewhere. America! I mean, that's, that's just so crazy. I mean, the, the cognitive dissonance. We're going to get to Mike Pence's speech in a, in a few minutes because Mike Pence's speech was loaded with it. Just contradictory remarks one after another. Like where one statement contradicts the previous statement that he made. I mean, it's unbelievable. One delegate actually tried to storm the stage and had to be held back during Ted Cruz's speech. Oh, here you go. Here you go. During the Texas uh, delegate breakfast this morning. It's funny. I have an insider source. I have a friend of mine who's um, who's there, and he's been uh, he's just been texting me and calling yeah. me and like, you, you can't believe this show. But uh, CNN writes this. Um, during the Texas delegate breakfast this morning, uh, Ted Cruz stood by his unwillingness to uh, to endorse Donald Trump. He says that he doesn't endorse people who attack his family. <laughs> Absolutely. As well, he shouldn't. You know, and, and this is, again, what he's doing is he's, he doesn't want to uh, attach his wagon to the Donald Trump star and, and be dragged down with Donald Trump. He wants to be fully prepared to run in 2020 without being tethered to w all of this madness that's taking place in 2016. And I think that's smart. I think it's a smart strategy. And <laughs> I just couldn't believe I was typing it as I was typing. I was like, God, I hope he runs as a third-party candidate. Please, please just do that as payback to Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump, then after... Uh, all of the events from last night. Donald Trump, of course, took to Twitter and tweeted this. Wow, Ted Cruz got booed off the stage. Didn't honor the pledge, exclamation mark. I saw his speech two hours early, but let him speak anyway. No big deal. No big deal, he said. What an yeah, right. So if I was Ted Cruz, I'd be like, you know what? F you. I'm going to run. And I'm going to siphon off every goddamn conservative vote you would have gotten. He would get every social conservative. Every social conservative voter in the Republican Party would, uh, would run. I mean, they wouldn't walk. They would run into Ted Cruz's baby-toothed embrace. 
You know, I mean, that's exactly what would happen. Here's a little more of uh, the Ted Cruz speech from last night. Defend freedom and be faithful to the Constitution. Mm. I mean, the angry phases he must have been observing because he's got this... He's got this sly grin. Like, I know this is yep. exactly what I expected. This is exactly what I wanted to happen. Right. The, the Trump people in the audience just going bananas. It would, have, it would have been so ballsy if he had said, I can't endorse this man. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yep. I wish he had had the balls to do that. Yep, that's right. I would have respected, kind of like I respect the hell out of Third Eye Blind now. <laughs> yeah. Which I never thought was possible at any point in their career, in their you know 20-year career. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just... God, I wish he would have said that. I would have gotten. I had so much respect for the man. Yeah, the, you know the Dixie Chicks too. The other night, they uh, they projected a, a, an image on their stage, or the screen at the back of their stage, that rear screen projection thing that they do, mm-hmm. and it was an image of Donald Trump, you know, dressed as Hitler. Which wow. Is, I mean, can you imagine being the Dixie Chicks and that crowd? Going to see the Dixie Chicks and then showing that image of Hitler. I mean, talk about balls of iron. Good for them. Yeah, they don't, absolutely they don't give good crap for them. Anymore. Yeah. They're, pa- they're well past that. Right, here's a little more of uh, from uh, Ted Cruz, which was absolutely the high watermark of last night. We will unite the party. We will unite the country by standing together for shared values, by standing for liberty. God bless each and every one of you, and God <laughs> Listen bless to the, the United States of America. <laughs> uh, they're not booing, they're screaming Cruz. <laughs> and there, of course, was Donald Trump uh, entering the, uh, the arena at the same time. America! Just there aren't words for it. So, yeah, so the, uh, the guy who co-wrote Art of the Deal, with Donald Trump. Oh, basically, that was amazing. I read that. Basically wrote that. He was on uh, the Bill Maher special last night at, on HBO and and basically said that, it, I mean, confirmed everything that we've been saying about Donald Trump, that everybody's been saying about Donald Trump, including the fact that Donald Trump is the dictionary definition of a sociopath. Absolutely. That he's, that he's thin-skinned, he can't, take any, he can't take any criticism, especially without responding, and that he's, he said if you go and you Google the word sociopath, the first 10 uh, symptoms that are described as the as being symptomatic of, of being a sociopath all perfectly describe Donald Trump. And this was a guy who, who, who trailed Donald Trump for 18 months <laughs> in order to write that book. Right. Yeah, I know. And then I had, know. To, had to work with the guy. And, you know, and there was another column written this week that I really, really liked, and I wish I could remember who the hell wrote it. I, th- I think it was on Talking Points Memo, but I don't want to, you know, falsely credit anybody. Um, it was a really great article that said that, that one of the things that a president, maybe it's Vox, I don't know, one of the things yep. that, that a president needs to be able to do is mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Is know when to pause and reflect. And, you know, uh, the, way that the way that this person put it was, you know, yeah, you're going to have to answer that 3 a.m. phone call, but you're also going to have to know when to hang up. That's when right. to just say, okay, you know what, this is not this doesn't require our immediate attention. And Trump can't do that. Trump is someone who constantly acts. He is always acting. He always acts on impulse, which is a, just a terrifying thought yeah. for president of the United States. Well, there's another angle to that, actually, where and then it has to do with the vice president. The news came out yesterday that uh, some assurances were made first to John Kasich, when they contacted John Kasich about becoming vice president. And then these same assurances were made to, to Mike Pence. And it has to do with basically running the country. 
I yeah. mean, that's entirely what it is. We're going to talk about Mike Pence's speech. We're going to talk about uh, <laughs> Uday and Kuse and what they had to say. Plus, oh my God, it might be our last chance to make fun of Ben Carson because oh Ben Carson God, yes. spoke Tuesday. The, de- the devil. The devil. The devil. Ben Carson believes in the devil. All right, back with more show after we talk about Harry's Razors. All right, as you've been watching at the convention so far, it seems like there are no good choices in 2016. We either buy cheap, disposable razors that shred our skin, or we get someone to unlock a jewelry case so we can pay 30 bucks for an eight-pack of blades. Well, this year, Americans are joining a revolution. See where I'm going with this? Saying no to insane prices and demanding an affordable shave that's in the top 1% of quality. Just like the big brands, Harry's uses German-engineered five-blade flex cartridges complete with a lubricating strip to build a wall against nicks and scrapes. Free-thinking men and women like us are endorsing Harry's shaving products with the slogan, Good Shave, Good Price. And I used... We've been recording the show bright and early these days, and so... Before I like to do the show, I like to use my Harry's razor to, to shave, shave my face off. I feel refreshed. My face feels good. I just I'm freshly shaved today. Feels great. Only with Harry's razor. Your Harry's starter kit, you want to get one of these, uh, includes a Truman razor, some of those great blades, and Harry's great smelling moisturizing shave cream for just 15 bucks. That's half of what you pay for just the blades from the other guys, because Harry's has its own blade factory and ships them straight to you. No middleman to drive up the price. But if you go to uh, harrys.com and use our code BANDC, they'll knock an extra five bucks off your first order. Five dollars off. You just type in BANDC at checkout. That's the razor, the blades, the shave cream, and more for just 10 bucks. Stop buying junk razors or paying too much for quality. Use the code BANDC when you check out at harrys.com. That's H A R R Y S.com. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to the show today. Thank you for joining us uh, on a Thursday show. So, uh, Tuesday night we heard from Donald Trump Jr. He's the one with the black hair. And then uh, last night we heard from Eric Trump. But during the Donald Trump Jr., I mean, MSNBC was kind of really, really kind to Donald Trump Jr. and and Donald Trump Jr.'s speech the other night. saying, You know what? This guy could actually be president one day. This guy could actually run for president and maybe pick up the nomination, if especially if Donald Trump Sr. manages to fail to do that. And I was thinking, uh-uh. Uh, no. Yeah, nope. No. No, because here's and here's exactly why. There's well, what's what's, ha- what's happening. It's just not to interrupt you, but what's happening here is obvious, which is when it's bottom of the barrel, when everything is just so absolutely horrific. Mm-hmm. Anybody who steps up and can string two words together without tripping over his own tongue is going to be called articulate. Oh God, that's exactly right. And there are so many instances of that. Well, like this was an acceptable. It's like after Joni Ernst. Well, I guess she did okay. Yeah, well, she didn't choke on her own tongue. Right, exactly. And, and tonight, and tonight, by the way, get ready because tonight they are going to they are going to laud Ivanka. Oh, Ivanka, Ivanka, speaking for that. Oh God. 
Yeah. Well, Isn't I, she? I think she's speaking tonight. Yeah. I mean, here's the problem with either Uday or Kuse becoming president at some point. There's one photograph that will prevent that from ever happening, and that's a photograph of them doing one of those goddamn safari hunting trips in Africa and killing an exotic animal, and then then holding it up and smiling with their eating grins over the goddamn corpse. And this is a case where it was it was Uday and Kuse, Eric and Donald, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, holding a, a, a cheetah that they had just killed or was it a leopard leopard or one of those things i always confuse it too leopard and cheetah but they're holding up this this dead animal with their gawking stupid pod people at patrick bateman grins on their faces with their exfoliating gel scrub in the bush of africa yes shooting uh shooting exotic then there's another photo of uh Donald Trump Jr., the guy with the black hair, not the uh, weird-looking one that looks like Trump. And the, uh, I don't know what he has. I don't know what he, what color hair you would call that. But um, the, there's a, a picture of Donald Trump Jr. holding a uh, an elephant's tail that he just severed with a knife. Yep. Yeah. That'll pretty much disqualify him because of just social media alone. <laughs> I mean, that'll he'll never be president based on that one thing alone, and rightfully so. These none of these guys with the, the Trump last name deserve to be anywhere near the White House in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. They're just utterly, utterly clueless. All right, so uh, moving along here, Mike Pence uh, spoke at the uh, the RNC last night, doing his uh, his vice presidential acceptance speech. And, uh, you know, it just confirmed for me everything we've observed about Mike Pence over the years, which is just this guy is animatronic politician man. I mean, he, really he is, is he is such a cliche, generic politician. He had I mean, everything. It's like he went to the textbook. All right. How do I become a politician? Ooh, let's turn to page five. Oh, I guess I have to have this haircut and wear this kind of suit and I have to talk like this. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's play a little bit of the audio, a little bit of Mike Pence's speech uh, from uh, day three of the RNC. I accept your nomination to run and serve as vice president of the United States of America. I mean, that's basically the whole speech. I actually, I'm listening to him going, what does he sound like? You know, and then it occurred to me, Mike Pence sounds like my phone on vibrate. (laughs) This is, this is. Here's, here's Mike Pence, a little more of Mike Pence's acceptance speech last night. Mm. Oh, there it is. Mm. <laughs> Mike Pence. Right. Here was, uh, let's get back to his actual speech. With this united party, he's got back up, and on November 8th, I know we will elect Donald Trump to be the 45th president of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. This election comes down to just two names on the ballot, so let's resolve here and now that Hillary Clinton will never become president of the United States of America. Donald Trump Jr., during the vice presidential vetting process, made assurances to John Kasich. I mean, the, the story actually is specific to John Kasich, that if he became vice president and they, they won the election, um, that John Kasich would have been in charge of domestic affairs and international affairs. <laughs> Basically, that amounts to everything. I mean, he would be in charge of, of everything. And we can only assume that the same was being promised to, to Mike Pence as well, which I don't know. I don't, where does that put Donald? Donald Trump would then be like the Queen of England. And then the vice president would be sort of like the prime minister. I mean, that's the kind of thing. That, that Trump is setting up. So he can just do his masturbatory Trump products and all of that crap 
uh, without having to worry about the day-to-day operation of the country. Yeah, because, Which, because he doesn't, again, because he doesn't want to be president. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. He knows he's a lazy ass. Yeah. And that's what he is. He is somebody who, for the past, you know, I get that everyone says that he's got this great work ethic, but I think that was forever ago. I think that for the past, you know, at least 15 years or so, basically his life has been, you know what, I just make money off my name. That's all I do, which That's is right. the easiest kind of money to make. Yeah. Trump no longer does anything. It's just a brand. Yeah, and it'll be his job to uh, to go out and, and play golf and meet with foreign dignitaries and have state dinners and things like that. Probably festoon the White House with gaudy decorations. Like, this, this place is unacceptable. I'm going to change everything in this house. I'm not going to live in a shack like this. Exactly. Yeah. Just, Every, everything will be, you know, gold lame. Yeah, exactly. And then Michael Moore was saying last night on uh, Bill Moore that... Uh, 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 Donald Trump will just buy a mansion in Fairfax County. <laughs> yeah. Just live in that mansion and only pop in. And then Uday and Kuse will be running the White House along with Mike Pence, generic politician. Man, really, we really will be a banana republic. It really will be. Absolute, absolutely. I but mean, he may as well. He may as well wear it. Like, if he were to win his inauguration, he should come out in like a general's uniform, <laughs> Generalissimo Trump, Generalissimo Trump, with like you know, yeah. with all the the ribbons from battles he's never actually fought. Yeah, right. All the decorations, and then the big hat, and the sun, the dark sunglasses. Right. Yeah. The the aviator sunglasses under the yeah. big, uh, <laughs> the big military cap. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Jesus. But I I guess we're supposed to rest assured knowing that Mike Pence, generic politician man will be in there making some of the decisions along with the, uh, the two Trump boys. But, I mean, the, the first thing I thought about when I was watching uh, Mike Pence talk is that whitest kids you know sketch that we play sometimes on the show, the uh, right. generic Senate uh, uh, campaign commercial with, yeah. for, for Clint Webb. Hi, I'm Clint Webb, and I'm running for Senate. I have a short cropped haircut, <laughs> a pretty enough yet accessible looking wife, and a newborn baby that I've dressed in a suit to prove to you that I mean business. <laughs> For the last 15 years, I've lived my life in such a bland, uncontroversial, and repressed manner that it's almost unnatural. Why? Because I've been preparing to be your representative since I was a child. I possess a sort of sociopathic narcissism that makes me think that I should be in charge of everyone. Together, we can piggyback some of our state's legitimate needs onto my unquenchable lust for self-glorification. I'm self-involved to the point of psychosis. My soul is terrifying. So this November, let's send Washington a message. And what is that message? Hey. Me. <laughs> That's... That actually could apply to Trump, too. No, uh, no, no Trump, Trump is so much worse than that, but yeah. <laughs> My soul is terrifying. All right, we're going to take a break, and I want to talk a little bit more about Mike Pence's speech uh, right after these words. Okay, let's talk about supporting independent media. For only $1 a month, you can help finance The Bob and Chez Show at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's 12 cents per show. Go now to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Bob and Chez. And sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month, or whatever you can afford. 
If you sign up for $5 or more, you'll get special Patreon-only shows like our post-mortem wrap-up show, the Not Safe for Work after-party show, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of the free Tuesday and Thursday shows. Most of all, you'll be supporting a totally independent podcast not affiliated with corporate media. And if we reach our $7,500 per month goal, we'll bring you new shows five days a week, Mondays through Fridays. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Okay, uh, what better to alleviate the pain of the Republican National Convention than by going to Amazon.com through the BobSuska.com Amazon link and buying lots of great stuff for yourself. All you got to do is go to BobSuska.com. Just below the logo, you'll see uh, big text, big uh, all, all, all caps text that says the Amazon link. Click that link. takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping. You save money. And uh, it helps support the show because we get a small commission from everything you buy. Make sure to bookmark it. And if you run a small business, start sourcing all of your your goods all of your supplies through amazon.com and our amazon link okay thank you in advance for that okay moving along here uh let's get back to to mike pence mike pence uh just well let's get a little bit more of his uh his speech from last night yeah there it is pulse, pulse pounding <laughs> that really is a fine comparison <laughs> All right. So, um, so the 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 thing that was uh, so infuriating to me, I mean, getting down to the content of Mike Pence's speech last night was just, and and we've seen this time and time again. I mean, the entire Republican Party has been predicated upon the idea of just saying the opposite of whatever the Democrats and President Obama do and say, and uh, what that amounts to is just a crap ton of cognitive dissonance, things that they now have to support because they're merely saying the opposite of what the Obama administration is doing, and therefore they're very often contradicting their own positions. There's uh, Obamacare. We heard uh, we heard Newt Gingrich lashing out about Obamacare last night and saying that you know uh, Barack Obama did all these terrible things to our healthcare system through Obamacare, and it turns out that well, as we know, Obamacare was essentially a proposal by the Conservative Heritage Foundation in the mid-90s, something that was uh, ballyhooed by Bob Dole, Chuck Grassley, even instituted by Mitt Romney in Massachusetts. Yeah. And that's where Obamacare came from. But they've got to they've got to vote to overturn it fifty times or defund it. You know, that's one of many things. You know, I mean, there's the whole thing about the firearms inside the convention hall, which there, you know, the, the Second Amendment shall not be infringed. But don't don't come in here with your guns. Yeah. Yeah. Go- Speaking of which, yeah. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've I've been basically poking the uh, the shave monkey with a stick on Twitter lately. Oh, damn, Dan Dan yeah. yeah, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I, I can't even it's like I don't even abide him. I don't even you know, I don't even uh, uh, try to uh, make fun of him. I just I'm just like, fuck you, Dan. You're an idiot. Go away. You're <laughs> a moron. Right. Yeah, he said uh, he said we don't need no background checks. That was yeah. one of his greatest tweets. We don't need no background checks. We don't need no thought control. <laughs> That's right. So uh, so anyway, so among all these contradictions, uh, which we've seen over and over and over again, here's one of the lines from Mike Pence's speech last night that infuriated me. See if you mm-hmm. can see if you can pick out the contradiction here. As this election approaches, every American should know that while we are filling the presidency for the next four years, this election will define the Supreme Court for the next forty. 
All right, so he's talking about putting people on the Supreme Court, right? Conservatives on the Supreme Court. We all had better think very, very carefully about what this means for our Constitution and limited government. Elect Hillary Clinton, and you better get used to being subject to unelected judges using unaccountable power to take unconstitutional actions. Do you, I mean, that is, this, that is one... I didn't sk- skip to any other sentence. That is one continuous block of Mike Pence's speech last night in which he says that we have to elect Donald Trump to put conservatives on the Supreme Court to essentially the subtext being to do things like uh, banning abortion and and making uh, same-sex marriage illegal blah 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 on down the line to do all of these conservative things from the bench and then we must not be subject to unelected judges I mean isn't there a single conservative Trump supporter Who's hearing that and going, now, hmm, that seems to not make sense. One of these things does not go to the, uh, with the other thing. One of these things does not belong <laughs> in this sentence. Now, what could it possibly be? Hmm, we're saying that we need to stack the Supreme Court with new conservative judges, but that we shouldn't have unelected judges making unconstitutional laws and actions and, uh, with unaccountable power. They don't care. Yeah, it's like hypocrisy. Hypocrisy doesn't matter. I mean, the idea that you can that you can say something that's hypocritical literally at the end of a sentence that you you, that you started off saying saying exactly the opposite with. Yeah, they, they just it doesn't register. It doesn't matter. I mean, no wonder. The conservatives out there, the Trump, the Trump people, the Republicans, all the people in the Fox News bubble. No wonder. They're out of their minds. No wonder they're so filled with rage. I mean, they have to go out into the world after they hear something like this, like what Mike Pence said last night. They have to go out into the world and repeat this crap to their friends and family and coworkers. They have to stand around the water cooler or whatever the hell people in offices do these days, and they have to say things like, you know, we need to elect Donald Trump because of the Supreme Court, get some more judge, get some more good conservative judges on the Supreme Court. Also, I'm against unelected judges using unaccountable power to take unconstitutional actions. Yeah. What? I mean, I get the unconstitutional. We don't want the Supreme Court doing unconstitutional things. But you're, you're lashing out against unelected judges, and we're, we shouldn't elect Hillary Clinton because of unelected judges. But we should elect Donald Trump because of unelected judges. It's just no, none of it makes any goddamn sense. And it's no wonder they're, t- I mean, we said this on Tuesday, it's no wonder the brains are oozing out of their, their uh, skull caps these days. Sure. Yeah. Oh, and then the, the, my favorite part of the speech then came at the very end. When Donald Trump appeared on stage for, hmm, 10 seconds. If you blinked, you missed Donald because, Trump. Because, the, because that's the thing. And that, yeah. that man, it just nobody cares. Mm-hmm. No, nobody, on the, you know, nobody among the Republicans and, and their constituency cares. Mm-hmm. But that just speaks volumes about him. Yeah. He can't let someone else have the spotlight. Oh, yeah. He can't. He has to whenever, you know, like when it's a, when it's a nobody then it's fine when it's somebody Trump knows is well beneath him. But when it's someone who Trump considers a threat, yeah. his equal or not probably nobody's Trump's equal, but somebody, <laughs> somebody who yeah. sort of uh, who, who the insecure little prick that he is, mm-hmm. you know, someone that, that he feels is a threat to him. He has to 
take the, something away from them. That's right. and, and that's something he's done f- throughout this entire campaign. Mm-hmm. He belittled his opponents yeah. because that's what he does. He's a bully. That's right. Because in order to, in order to lift himself up, it's, it's, you know, it's all a z- zero-sum strategy. In order to lift himself up, he has to knock others down, and he has to push them down and push them down. Would Chris Christie, for God's sake, joined him and became his biggest, most offensive booster, and he still mocked him publicly. Yeah, he did. He did. You know, and it was almost as if Trump came out, said that, well, you know what? My time is too valuable to stand around on stage with this schmuck. So, you know, I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah, he's just like, he like, walks on the stage, shakes hands with Mike Pence, and then ah, out of there. Gone. I mean, it was like, if you blink, you miss Donald Trump on the stage last night. I mean, I don't know what that was. I mean, usually they come out, they clasp hands and do that hand-raising thing. Then the wives come out and they do that. Maybe they're reserving that for tonight, when Donald Trump speaks tonight. It, it, could, it could be, but I, I don't know. It's very hard to imagine. It, I mean, it could be. But it's very hard to imagine him doing that because doing that makes it seem as if he is Trump's equal. That's right. And, then, uh, and I'm not saying to everyone else. I'm saying in the eyes of... Uh, you know, in the eyes of, of the public. Yeah. I mean, I mean, pardon me, in the eyes of Trump. Yeah. Because I think that Trump's thing is that nobody is his equal. Uh, you know, he's, that's always been his thing. So he can't, I don't think he can do it. I don't think he can hold hands with one guy and just be like, yes, it's us. And mm. it's not us. It's him. It's always him. That's, God, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it was almost like a negotiation tactic. It's like he would do that with someone he was negotiating with. Right. Like you can imagine him doing that with Putin or the, uh, you know, the president of China or something like that, walking out on stage for a joint press conference and, you know, just uh, shaking the hand, smiling for the cameras, and then just suddenly right out the door again. I mean, I just absolutely see that just to, to like get some sort of upper hand in the negotiation. But this was his vice presidential nominee who he's only appeared with uh, twice so far. Right. And so yeah. he's got to get up there. And, and appear with him again at the convention where it matters most, just after Ted Cruz did this speech where he underscored the Republican Party's disunity. <laughs> and then Donald Trump gets up there and barely has two seconds to spend on stage with his vice presidential nominee. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So we have some, uh, by the way, we have some uh, exclusive audio of Mike Pence after last night's convention proceedings reacting to why Donald Trump was only up there for a couple seconds. Here, here's uh, Mike Pence from last night. <laughs> that's all that's all he said all right we're gonna take and you uh, know how annoying it is when like yeah. you're when you're uh you, when you used to have a page or when you've got your phone on vibrate and it vibrates in your pocket it's like oh somebody's calling me that's that's what pence is ah. <laughs> that's right yeah uh, it's uh oh there it's he an, goes it's just an annoyance <laughs> i was like mike pence was talking about like, is my phone ringing where's my i can't find my phone all right. We're going to take one last break and come back with more show, uh, plus some, some worrying news right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath & Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. 
We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yep, that's right. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today and uh, supporting us at Amazon.com and at Harry's Razors and the Ball and Law Group and all of that. Okay. Uh, ben Carson spoke Tuesday night. Oh, boy. I was so looking forward to that. I was like anticipating Ben Carson's speech all day because I knew that we could come into the show Thursday morning and make fun of Ben Carson, which is so seldom happens anymore since he dropped out of the campaign, dropped out of the race. But uh, they pan out across the crowd and it looks like somebody like unleashed, like the Joker unleashed sleeping gas in the auditorium. <laughs> Everybody's just passed out over chairs. They're like slumped over chairs. <laughs> On the floor. <laughs> That's right. Ben Carson uh, likes to put people to sleep. Yeah? And uh, Tuesday night, he did not disappoint. He did looks not. Like, it looks like the ABC, the ABC miniseries America from the '80s when they shot up Congress. Let's see if anybody can get that reference. By the way, anybody at all? I dare you. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Ben Carson didn't disappoint with his speech because, I mean, it was worth sitting through all of the... Uh, just, just to hear Lucifer being invoked at a national political convention. That's right. I mean, that was the main thing. It was like, here's a grown man who also happens to be a, a world-renowned brain surgeon admitting to believing in the devil on national primetime television, which is horrifying. I mean, this. Hor- I mean, I get it. If you are eight years old, six years old, and you believe that under the ground there lives a devil in a in a in a realm of fire and brimstone, but if you're, I don't know, how old is he? Sixty. He's in his sixties, and he's a presidential candidate, and he's speaking at a Republican national convention. Oh, and by the way, he's also a brain surgeon, and he's going to be cutting into someone's head in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> he also believes in the devil. Yeah, Worse just, yet, just before, just as you're going under. By the way, I, I hope that Lucifer doesn't take your soul while we're performing this. <laughs> like that's the last thing you hear before you that's pass right. out for for your brain surgery. Now, now you might black out. You might, you might have a little episode where your heart stops beating for a little while, and you might visit the devil. <laughs> oh great! Get me out of here! Like you're ripping the tubes out of your arms. Your head is half cut open, and you just go dashing down the hallway. America! Here's Ben Carson saying that Hillary Clinton is pro-Lucifer. Now, one of the things that 
I have learned about Hillary Clinton. By the way, listen to how is nobody is making any noise. One of her heroes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no Do one's I saying. Do I even need to tell you why? Yeah, because they're all they've all gone they've all taken the sleep train to Snoozeville. Hop aboard the Z train to my favorite place in the world, Snoozeville. Come with me, Republican National Convention delegate. Would it be great, like you know, he's like he tosses out like his sleeping gas. He speaks to them all, and then he's just like, I, I, as a matter of fact, I proudly accept your nomination for the Republican. <laughs> I will be a great president. Thank you so much. Like he's up there living his this fantasy after he's knocked everybody else out. Yeah, that's right. And they can't boo him or like yank him off stage because they're all asleep. It's like, thank you for nominating me, Ben Carson. See what I did? My nefarious plan comes comes to fruition. That probably says words like fruition. Yeah, at the Popeyes organization. <laughs> Her mentors was Saul Alinsky. Uh-oh. There it is. There's the shibboleth. Saul Alinsky. Right? Saul Alinsky, as a zombie, could walk up to any of those people on the delegate on the uh, convention floor, any of the delegates, and punch them in the face, and they wouldn't know that it was Saul Alinsky. Yeah, I know. It's just exactly. You're right. That's a shibboleth and nothing more. Yeah, it's just a That's, name. It's a boogeyman. Right. It's a it's a name. It's a guy they throw out there as being evil. It's like on the right. You just uh, the all you got to do is mention George Soros. George or, Soros. Yeah, I mean, it's another one. Yeah. 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 And then of course, uh, yeah, we heard a lot about George Soros last night too. By the way, here's a uh, here's a little bit more of Ben Carson. And her senior thesis was about Saul Alinsky. <sighs> this was someone that she greatly admired. And that affected all of her philosophies subsequently. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, let me tell you something about Saul Alinsky. He wrote a book called Rules for Radicals. Yeah. On the dedication. By the way, he's off. He's off prompter now. Oh, totally. He goes off prompter here and and finishes speech completely off prompter. Just he's got to. You know, it's like, all right, you know what it's time for? It's time for me to. It's time for me to lay down some Saul Alinsky action here. Bye-bye, teleprompter. Hello, improvised rant mm-hmm. about Hillary Clinton and the devil. Jesus Christ. Half of your political process right here in action this week in Cleveland. Page, it acknowledges Lucifer, the original radical who gained his own kingdom. Now think about that. This is a nation where our founding document, the Declaration of Independence, talks about certain inalienable rights that come from our creator. Creator, are we? Just listen to this lunacy. I know. I mean, and you know, it's funny. Believe it or not, throughout all of this crap, one thing that has stood out to me is just how absolutely backward all of these people are Mm -hmm. the things that they're pushing for the platform that they're pushing for the what they believe in is also 1950s it's so ancient it's 1950s by way of the of of like 50 ad (laughs) yeah exactly It's, it's just it's just they they're not living in 2016 at all. Mm. Their whole thing is about holding everyone back. Yeah, that's right. And uh, clearly, Lucifer is one of the characters who's making things so terrible these days, <laughs> keeping us from our 1950s utopia. We're gonna blame the devil. We're gonna blame a red guy with horns and cloven hooves. 
who lives under the earth, who's the arch nemesis of a bearded guy who lives in the clouds. And we like the bearded guy who lives in the clouds. And we don't because we don't want to live with the, the cloven hooved red guy who lives under the ground called the devil. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Just, just think about that. Hocus this pocus. is the year. Look at the calendar. This is the year 2016. Yeah. And, and someone from the Republican Party <laughs> is up there talking about the devil. The devil. The devil. He's As if talking it's Bronze Age superstition. I was just going to say Bronze Age superstition. That's exactly what it is. And not only that, but making a political argument against the Democratic nominee by suggesting that she's pro Lucifer. Yeah, she's in league with the devil. The she's devil. a witch. She's a witch. She's a witch. Elect someone as president who has as their role model somebody who acknowledges Lucifer. Think about that. <laughs> but didn't you think just acknowledge that. Lucifer, you jag off? That's exactly right. But I think he's talking about the acknowledgments in the book in Sololinsky's book. Solon that that whole thing is is tongue in cheek. Right, exactly. What Saul Alisky wrote at the front of uh, Rules for Radicals, the mention of Lucifer, that's like a, it's a joke. Of course it is, but, but Republicans don't get humor. They don't. No, they, they, don't. don't they don't get a sly satire like humor. Nope. It's, it's, they're, too, they're, they're basically uh, uh, Drax from uh, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I know. You know, they don't understand metaphors. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't, and that's what, that's what Lucifer is. It's, it's metaphorical. Most of the Bible is metaphorical, for God's sake. But not not Ben Carson, which who, by the way, believes in a literal interpretation of the Bible. I mean, he exactly. believes the exactly. things in the Bible. They don't I mean, understand metaphor. Yeah. All, all the crap that happens in Revelations. Ben Carson thinks that's all really going to happen. Sure. <laughs> the seventh seal and all that crap. <laughs> it's all happening. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Blah, 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 blah. All right. So. Here was the scariest thing of the night. I don't know if this is, I don't know if it's necessarily scary, but it kind of sent chills down my spine, partly because I kind of agreed with it. Michael Moore was on, as I said before, was on uh, on the Bill Maher uh, uh, convention special last night. He's also going to be on again. I mean, Bill Maher is going to do another show tonight, uh, Thursday night. But last night, uh, Michael Moore was on with uh, our friend Joy Reid and also uh, uh, Dan Savage. And uh, they talked about they talked about Donald Trump and the potential for Donald Trump to actually win this election. And Michael Moore said point blank, Trump is going to win. I, I mean, I hate to be yeah. I hate to be a downer here, but uh, but Trump is going to win. And and you know what? I kind of agree. He said uh, last night. I think one of the things I've been concerned about this week is that we're sitting in our bubble, having a good laugh at this. That's show. it. Thank you. That's exactly wow. And I almost feel bad now that my piece is coming out today after that. I didn't see that last night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and again, we make fun of Michael Moore sometimes here on the show, but when he's right, he's effing right. And, and sure. this is a case where he's absolutely right. He says, I, I think one of the things I've been concerned about this week is that we're sitting in our bubble having a good laugh at this show, as you say, of a Republican National Convention. But the truth is that this plays to a lot of people that he has to win to become the next president. He's talking about all the crazy proceedings at the convention. This is like red meat for them, is what he's dude, saying. They just, dude, they're just loving like, this. Wow, I'm really like kind of upset now, because yeah. this is like word for word, pretty much word for word. Like a, a lot of the, I'm going to get accused of plagiarizing him like Melania did to Michelle Obama. <laughs> Not, well, I doubt it. Michael did he Morrison, do it in the sad voice? Yeah, he did in the, he did in the sad voice. Donald Trump so, is going to win. I'm sorry to be a buzzkill here, but I think Trump is going to win. I'm sorry. No, I think, you know, I, I think, 
I don't know if he is, but I think that it's a danger. Yeah. And I think that that's something, and I agree with him 110%, and it's what I said in, in the piece that I wrote, that we are, it's easy for us to laugh. Yeah, it I is mean, easy for us to stay, and he's right about bubbles. We have one too. You know, it's easy for us to look at it and, and stay within our comfort zone in terms of the news outlets that we read yep. um, and think that that will have an impact. Now, the only thing that I think is maybe a little bit different is the fact that I do think most of the media, the, the mainstream media, has called him out quite a bit. Uh, um, so I think that's a bigger deal than, than, uh, than anyone's giving it credit for. But who knows? I mean, the people who, who a lot of the people who will vote for him are not, you know, they, they don't really trust the media. And who knows? Who knows what the hell's going to happen? But again, get the hell out. I really hope that the tide has turned when the when the Democrats have their convention. And I think it will be. First of all, the tide doesn't need to turn that much. If you look at the polls, Clinton is still ahead. You know, I don't think that he's going to get, I don't think Trump's going to, unless Trump gets up there tonight and says something extraordinary, yeah. I don't see him getting a, a, a big bump out of this, especially not when Clinton will immediately take the wind out of his sails. But well, who knows? I mean, the flaw in Michael Moore's reasoning, I think if there's one flaw, it's got to be this, which is that the people who are going to love all of the mayhem at the convention, all of the xenophobia, all of the hatred, all of the lock her up chanting, those people are already sold on Trump. They're not going to be swayed one way or another. Certainly the Melania Trump thing didn't sway them away from Donald Trump. And they're just they're not going to be convinced otherwise. They're just going to support Donald Trump. The fact is, is that a lot of voters are there in the middle, the undecideds in the purple states who decide elections in the modern era. Those are the people who I'd like to think will be turned off by what ha- what's happening at the Republican National Convention. And, and that's my hope. But I mean, again, we have to prepare ourselves with the idea that Donald Trump could very well win this election. And if you're going if you're proceeding through the next several months with like with suggesting that Hillary Clinton is going to easily win this election, you're out of your fucking gourd because you got to because the complacency is going to easily set in if you go around saying that in too many public circles because we just we can't have that mindset. Democrats stay home when they get complacent. He said uh, last night he said uh, Mitt Romney lost Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania by 64 electoral votes. Total number of electoral votes in those states in the Rust Belt 64. All he has to do is win Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. And Trump wins the election. Sleep tight. Postmortem show is coming up next to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Support the show. See you over there. Thanks. Bye-bye.